You are finally awake. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. I'm your host, Pylon, and as you can see, we are now an official new version of Skyrim. I think that's probably the best thing. We've got a new version of Skyrim, the UESP edition coming out today, so I think that's the biggest news to talk about, right? Right, everybody? Haha. Uh-huh. Uh, April Fool's. I don't know. I didn't see as many April Fool's jokes this year, so I was pretty happy with that. Uh, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight, so I'm going to start off introducing everybody right now. So, Lost, do you want to introduce yourself and say a little bit about yourself? The short and quick of it is I'm Lost in Hyrule. I've been working on the wiki for about a year and have been serving as a junior moderator for a couple months. And so, mostly I'm available over at the Discord where I get into conversations and or arguments about Elder Scrolls. Awesome. Alara, how about yourself? Nice quick intro. Do a little bit of everything on the UESP, edit the wiki, and moderate the forum, Discord, and a little bit of social media. Baratron? Hi, I'm Baratron. As you can see, I am not at home because it's a completely different, messy, messy environment behind me. We can't um, actually tell because it's all blurred out. So I Yes, know. I had that too. <laughs> but it's not green. Um, I'm a Discord admin. I do um, ESO tweeting. And sometimes I interview people. Awesome. And AKB, last but not least. I was just crossing the border and now I'm stuck in some carts. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) Happens to the best (laughs) of us. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been a big week for Elder Scrolls, so we've got a lot of news to get through. So we're going to bump over to that right now. There's so much news this week that I forgot to put the unanswered lore questions in the uh, bumpers there. So you'll have to go to our Twitter, which you can see at the top is at UESP underscore net to find out this week's unanswered lore questions. So packs happened, Bethesda game days happened, blades happened, everything happened this week. And I don't know where to even begin. So we're just going to go over as much as we possibly can. And I'm going to hope that everybody can bump in and remind me of the things that I forgot because there's so much happened and I was sick and potty training a toddler this weekend and I missed so much. So let's get started with kind of some generic Bethesda news. Uh, Baratron, do you want to kick us off with what happened this weekend? Sure. So Elder Scrolls Online was awarded the first ever GLAD Media Award given to a video game. Now, GLAD used to be the gay and lesbian anti- um, anti-defamation organization, something like that. I can't quite remember what it stood for, but since um, about 2013 or so, it's included all of lesbian, gay, bi and transgender. And they awarded uh, this to ESO for transgender representation, specifically for the House of Reveries quest in Somerset, written by Tori Doherty. And those of us who were at uh, the Bethesda game, game day got to see the award. It was a lovely little statuette um, with, with two wings on it. They had it in front of them for the ESO panel on, on Saturday. Yeah, but it was so a real award. Like, yeah, it's a physical oh. award. It's a physical award, yeah. Um, and, uh, one of the exciting parts about it, too, is this is the first time they've rewarded it in the video game category. So, so it's the first time they've done it for video games, but do we know how long they have been doing that award? 
Yes, it's been a little while. I want to say I had it up earlier and I was looking at it, but it's not super new. It has been since 2013. 30th. 30th. This year was the 30th. Yeah, it was founded in 1985 and they started doing the... Oh, they changed the name to GLAD in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, yes, but they've been doing it since 1985, which is awesome. So it's really exciting that Elder Scrolls Online was awarded in that way and recognized for being such a good, diverse opening community. And if you haven't done that quest in Somerset and you own Somerset, I highly recommend going through the House of Reveries quest lines. They're phenomenally written. It's amazing. Everybody I know that has done it has been like, wow, that was, it's a really impactful quest for a lot of people. So I highly recommend you go over that. Um, Alara, I want to see if you can talk quickly about our first point to our other next point about the PAX East and game days. Uh, what all has happened there that you saw? Uh, a lot of stuff as far as uh, news. We might have seen Elder Scrolls Six rocks. They were talking about how they have the technology to scan things, so they had <laughs> pictures of rocks. We don't know quite what they're using it for, but who knows? They uh, did say they were scanning stuff for Scarf Starfield, and they also confirmed that uh, uh, Shirley Curry, who, if you don't know, is an um, elderly streamer who um, does a lot of Skyrim Let's Plays. Um, recently, there was a petition to add her as a NPC in Elder Scrolls 6, and they confirmed that they did have her in the studio, and they scanned her face and stuff, so she will be an NPC. No. Now, that actually started because she just straight up said that she didn't think she was going to live long enough to see Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, That's kind of sad. It, it is, and her fans were going like, well, if she does, it still deserves to be a part of it, because she really does love the game. Like, she talks about it like every day which is just crazy like I know my own grandma actually played uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion but it, it's amazing seeing how many people can get into it. She's a really lovely person as well um, we did send her one of our UESP maps and calendars uh, when we had those last oh, year and the year before yeah she's, she's a really really lovely person so she deserves it the timing of watching someone beheaded while we're talking about this like very wholesome experience for the Elder Scrolls is just a very strange juxtaposition of the games themselves there. Um, but yeah, as everybody was saying, the PAX East was this weekend where a lot of this news is coming from, and the Bethesda Game Days were also this weekend in kind of conjunction with PAX. So they weren't at PAX itself, but they were kind of off to the side doing their own thing, which was really cool. If you've missed them, like I did, because I didn't have any chance to look at all the streams this weekend, everything is online. You can go on their Twitch and uh, twitch.tv slash Bethesda, and I believe they said they'll be coming to YouTube if they're not already there. Uh, there should be all the streams there as well. So make sure if you haven't checked them out, you may not need to after the show because we're going to go through everything. So it might be kind of repetitive to watch it again. But if you still want to see all the information firsthand, make sure you check out twitch.tv slash Bethesda. And I think, yeah, that's kind of, we've got a lot more news. The Rocks. We did say we would talk about The Rocks. We don't know specifically that it is Elder Scrolls 6, because they were talking about Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 kind of at the same time. But they look a little high rocky. Lost, do you have any kind of thoughts on that? I would say that's incorrect. They look very hammerfelly. Or hammerfelly, <laughs> they're, not high rocky. They're very <laughs> prominent uh, sandstone formations. They showed some really cool sand swept sandstone canyons, and then the rocks they were forming off of them. And 
Yeah, I know they talked about Starfield a little bit, but since it was a video to show off Elder Scrolls, and they went immediately from that to showing Shirley Curry both doing the scans with the skin cap on and then also what her image looks like in the game, I'm betting that it's related. They did... Todd did say that that was going to be, like, the next... uh, That they were using the the first generation of it and the version for Test 6 would be the second generation of it. But you also have to consider Todd and the Bethesda team have just brazenly lied to us about this before. <laughs> like, true. they have gone out of their way saying, no, we're not doing anything, don't worry about it, and then just announced it like a week later. It's true. We have a ton of other news, and I do have an exciting thing to talk about, so while I do that, um, Lost, do you want to talk about the milestone that the UESP reached this week? Absolutely. We hinted at it last week, but over the course of this week, with everyone else getting on there to do edits, we passed 2 million total edits on our wiki. We didn't get to have it on the birthday of Elder Scrolls, but it was still within the birth week, and so I think that's good enough correlation. So there is a lot of information out there, and it's getting better every day. 99% of days it's getting better. Every once in a while, someone does something that makes it worse, but we fixed that quickly. <laughs> Someone makes it worse. I'm trying to find a setting that seems to be missing for me in Streamlabs, so I apologize about that. So what I will do is mention that we now have an audio podcast on basically every audio podcast platform that you can imagine. Um, We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher. We are on podcatchers everywhere. So if you want to find out some more Elder Scrolls news, you can search for UESP or UES podcast, or Elder Scrolls, or any of that, and you should be able to find us on those sites. So that's really exciting. Um, If you find us on iTunes, make sure you leave a five-star review. We appreciate it. That means we actually show up when people search for things. So those are really important to us, and it's a great way if you want to help support the show that we can make sure people actually like hearing this and subscribe. So that's awesome. The other point I'm trying to work on right now is we have some stuff to give away, and for whatever reason... It looks like Streamlabs took away my um, my uh, contest bot, and I can't that's, find it anywhere. That so, is unfortunate. We'll, do you think you can figure it out real quick? That's what I'm working on right now. So, I, In the meantime, I can show uh, what we're giving away. So can I. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you guys go on a little bit while I work so on this and try to find it. Why don't you show the front and I'll show the back? Actually, hmm, okay. I'll show the moon side, okay? You show okay. the moon side and you side show the other side, so... Let's see if this works. Uh, can you see this very well? I actually should. Yeah, should look. I'm seeing on this screen. It's so this was because it detects it as a face. That's good. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So this is what they gave away um, at the Elsewhere station, at, uh, or well, yeah, the Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere station at PAX East. So got a couple extras. My camera and I, my camera and I aren't, aren't getting on very well. Alara, oh, there we go. There the, we go. What does the text say around the border, Alara, on the side with the mains? Uh, it profile? says, "All hail the main and Riddlethar," and it's got the phases of the moons on, in between on the sides. Oh, all of them dotted along. Very nice. The other side says, see, "We yeah. dance, we dance with the two moons." So obviously, this is a coin representing elsewhere. 
it's very tied into what they find spiritually significant, which is their spiritual leader of all of the Khajiit, and then the two moons that determine everything about what they look like after they're born and is tied deeply into their spirituality. So that's awesome. It's very thematic. How heavy is that? Because that looks like it's a real substantial coin, not a cheap knockoff. Say it's like a feels kind of like a half dollar coin, maybe. So, so it's, the, the way a coin should weigh. Awesome. Yeah. Is it magnetic? Yeah, it's, it's properly metal. So we're go obviously we have to get the stuff up and working, and Pylon's trying to figure out the technology right work now. On that. So while we do that, why don't we go through some of the other news, and we'll come mm -hmm. back to that. So Baratron, I believe you had uh, some notes about the uh, UESP at Bethesda Game Days. We had a huge contingent. We had a total of 10 wiki editors and ESO Guild members all met up there over the weekend. Um, and those are just the ones we know of. Uh, there was one other guildie who was at the event, but we couldn't ever find him. Um, so that was pretty good. And we uh, we took a group photo. Uh, we also took a group photo with uh, some of the ESO devs, which will be available at some point. And uh, we did a UESP interview as well. Yeah, you can see some of the stuff on screen now while I hide while I look for other things. So <laughs> if you want to talk about some of the photos that you took during the event there. And what else did you guys kind of do at the... You had took you talked to the developers. What so, all happened at game days? Yes, yeah, so Alara. <laughs> <laughs> they, so, gave, they, they fed us. They gave yes, us they food and drink. It was very nice. And uh, they put all of the UESP staff on their VIP list, which was excellent. So I've got this, uh, this shiny wristband. I'm still wearing it because it's like when you go to a, a rock concert or something and you wear the wear the thing for several days just to go, yeah, look at me, look at me, I was there. Mm -hmm. I'm still wearing it because I'm sad like that. I'm the yeah. opposite where I take mine off like minute after an event like that. <laughs> Same yeah. here, by the same uh, way. Cool. It reminds me of the the ones you wear at hospitals, so that they go like, <laughs> so they can keep track of you if you try to escape. The last one I wore was from a hospital, so that's what I was thinking. Well, of. it is yeah. it is plastic yeah. rather than, than fabric. A lot of the fab the the um you know the four day festivals they give you fabric response. But anyway, so they put us on the VIP list, and Alara did something embarrassing in front of. Um, <laughs> Uh, Howard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that, Alara. What happened? And also, you got to meet Todd Howard. Can you tell us all yeah, about it? So we were able to get an interview with him. It was pretty short, but it was apparently the only one that he did this weekend. And um, that, that was the only, I mean, the uh, first fan interview he's done since 2011, which is really exciting. So uh, for about 20 minutes or so, we got to talk to him, um, mostly stuff like about his career and things like that. But while we were setting it up, it was in this tiny little green room behind the stage. Um, really little bar stool, uh, maybe like, you know, this big around. Um, you know, no I don't actually, I don't actually reckon it was a bar stool. I think it was a table because it didn't have a footrest. It was really high. And it was the kind of thing, you know, it was above most people's waist height. So I suppose, know, yeah, like my feet couldn't touch really... the ground when I was sitting on it. But I didn't sit on it for very long because I tipped backwards <laughs> into a bunch of very expensive camera equipment. <laughs> so I am uh, pretty bruised up for that, but I didn't break anything either on myself or on the equipment. But Or on Todd Howard. Because yeah, that right. would have been terrible, right? Yeah. We would have been... <clears throat> yes, I like to... for life. I would like to just imagine and pretend that he caught you 
as you were falling down and Todd Howard saved you from falling or crushing anything. Uh, that wasn't what off. happened, but you can imagine that. If that's what <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like just outside the room. and um, But I'm heard that the crash could be heard through the walls. <laughs> and a bunch of people did come running in and they say that they could see my feet like up in the air behind all this stuff. <laughs> so... Yeah, that was embarrassing, but it's a story to tell. <laughs> and this is why um, I went around making, you know, buying up cheap bananas and things like that and making sure people were fed because lack of sleep and lack of food um, at conventions causes this sort and, of injury. And you know, funny thing, I was going to sit on one of the other stools by, like, the actually set up set that they had in that room, but Marijan said, knowing me, she didn't trust me around that stuff, so I tried sitting <laughs> on another one. <laughs> What's so, that's actually probably a better did, choice. So what actually did uh, what did you get to discuss with Todd? Um, we'll we have the interview probably up. I'm gonna maybe try to get it up tonight or tomorrow. At least the text of it. I don't know if we'll do the audio. Um, doesn't seem like my recording quality is that great. But we talked a lot. Um, like I said, kind of about his career and things like that. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, we asked some uh, a few random questions that people had submitted. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously nothing about Elder Scrolls 6. It was pretty much taken as a given that we wouldn't uh, push our luck in that regard. Um, we There was this question, and it made us all laugh, because it was, if you could be any Daedric Prince other than Sheogorath, which one would you be? And we were like, why can't he be Sheogorath if he wants to be? Because Wes Johnson's already him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was a mix of serious questions and a few slightly silly ones um and, you know it should should be interesting for people to read well minor correction he isn't shio gorath and eso which is weird because he he's around you know like he does stuff for uh bethesda all the time and they just go like yeah no we recast him just for eso yeah i don't know about that it must have been, I, I mean i know about it but i don't know what the reasons are yeah uh they did talk about that on uh, one of the game day streams where they went like, oh, uh, yeah, they just never asked me. I'm I'm around if they want me to do it still. <laughs> so, unfortunate news. I It appears Streamlab has removed the giveaway bot from the web interface. So okay. what we will do is we will host the giveaway, the raffle, at the end of the show. Because then we have a couple videos we want to show, and that will give me time to build a new chatbot and get that set up while we're ready to go. So what Instead we'll do Instead of is... doing that, oh, I have an alternative solution. Alternative solutions, okay. <laughs> I, we have a gift bot in Discord, and let me just... I will create that while you guys go keep on going. Okay, I guess we can talk about kind of what they had at um, the event. If you want to, I don't know, go back to the pictures. Sure. So they had a bunch of games available to demo. They had um, the original five games all set up in a row. And then they had demos also of uh, the Elsewhere expansion of Blades, um, Rage 2, and I feel like, oh yeah, Legends. And that was um, before they made the announcement on the panels, but they, um, so we didn't get to like demo the new Alliance War thing at all, but we did see the art for it. They had several panels where they are talking about the games, uh, 25 years of Elder Scrolls one, um, 
to elsewhere ones. Uh, the Legends one really kind of gave the roadmap for the year, which we'll talk a little bit about later. They had a bunch of themed drinks. So I got that in one of the pictures. And they even had my Moon Sugar Soda, which I will try and show here. Now, you see, I have to, I have one of each. I have, I have the one I already drank, oh. plus the one that's still full. This is actually gorgeous. This is actually, it's really, really nice. It's like a... Um, ginger ale with lemon and lime extracts and it's, it's a really good flavor and mm -hmm. i hope they're actually going to sell it and it's made by jones now think about jones soda if you're not uh well I mean, certainly yeah real sugar real sugar soda not none of that yeah i think it's recognizing your no that one won't come into focus and... <laughs> it's but none of that corn syrup. i can turn yeah i can turn off my background blur i think how do i do that that's a good question uh, you. Oh, there we go. Unblur my background. So. Audio video settings. I don't know. I'm not sure that it is the background blur. I think it's just being uh, difficult. Anyway, it's a really, it's really nice, and I hope that they're actually going to. So yeah, it's not the background. Yeah. Oh. They also had oh. um, a little uh, stand where they were selling merchandise, um, which included some stuff that was exclusive to the event. So was it I a guess... Khajiit that was selling the merchandise? <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. Missed opportunity. So, yep, I got a heat changing lantern smug, which was exclusive to it. Um, it's in one of my pictures. It's uh, got the here as a Skyrim key art when it's warm. Um, I also, we also got, if we purchased anything, we got a Fallout 76 tea. Oh. Uh, we got given these things. Yeah, blades, blades top socket. That is they useful go, for blades. These, yeah, so these are the things that go on the back of your phone. And give it a like as a stand. Yep. They were also giving away on the first day, on the Friday, they were giving away these warp boy masks, but they were terrifying. And we got given one, and I think we left it in bowl. Ah! <laughs> we left it in Laura's a pit boy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And they gave us T-shirts. Let's get Bethesda days. Uh, let's see what else they get. Oh yeah, they gave uh, rage stuff too. So I got it was a, a weapon. The rage thing was a weapon. It's like you open it up and it's like a kind of boomerang thing. Yeah. Ooh, a wing stick. Very nice. Uh, yeah, foam. It's made out of. And then Alara. here's the cups that they had for the um, free drinks, the themed drinks. First of all, I have a Khajiit. Second of all, I would like to point out that on our last episode, you said there would probably be a break for a while from you buying any new Yeah, Under I actually got yeah, other stuff at, like, at the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hey, these were free. I didn't pay for these. They just gave them to me. <laughs> yeah, so, so I like you're like, oh, guys, there's not going to be much new swag next week. Sorry. Oh, wait. So, this isn't to cut that topic short, but what Pylon just showed does mildly relate to ESO news. If you check out the ESO website, they also posted new merchandise that's available on their store. So as we saw with the Elsewhere reveal, there are new Khajiit being revealed that we've never seen before. They're Alfiq. They look like house cats, but they speak and they wear clothes. And Bethesda put on their store actual Alfiq outfits available for purchase. They mentioned that they're available for 100 gold. And if you go and look at their page, it actually costs 100,000 US dollars. I spent But it. there are five different choices for various tradesmen or basically merchants and some renowned leaders and i think one of them is a thug 
I can't remember. They're not actually purchasable, but you should definitely check out the pictures. Yeah, that's really funny and adorable to look at. They actually got an actual cat, I'm pretty sure, to pose in the costumes too. So I, I don't think they're Photoshopped from looking at them, um, which was really awesome. Um, in other Elder Scrolls Online news, I just want to point out that this is your last chance, unless I'm completely wrong about this, to get your Dawn Wood Indrick Berries. I believe we move into whatever the Q2 ones will be in the next couple of weeks when the next seasonal yep, event happens. Correct. So if you want to get the Dawn Wood Indrick, which I decided I did and I did evolve mine and I'm really happy with it. The next, there's a pet too. There is a pet as well, and you have, I believe it's till the 4th to get event tickets? Is that when no. it ends, or the 2nd? So, nope, the 2nd at 10 a.m., so this is going to be our basically last night to get them. This is your yep. last chance to get them. 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, U.S. Eastern time, mm -hmm. it's 2 p.m. GMT, so yeah, you don't have... Uh, in theory, you, I think you can get... No, no, there is only one day left, because it's... Mm. It's whenever the dailies change. So actually, I think you have got two chances. Um, I believe you should have two chances to get them still. So yeah. you can get four more event tickets if you really need them. So make sure you get in there. We also have a ton of Legends news. And to save Alara's voice from having to go through all of it, I'm going to start off and get us a little bit <laughs> uh, lead into that. So we had a huge announcement at PAX that the Alliance War expansion is coming to Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, the Alliance War, if you are not aware, is kind of one of the main PvP storylines behind, and PvE storylines really, behind Elder Scrolls Online. So we're going to be seeing a lot of characters from that coming through to the game. It's going to be released on April 15th. Uh, they did a really cool reveal. I liked it where they had a lot of the uh, puzzle pieces to kind of show the new game board. Uh, Lost, I know, was in there every day, kind of like talking with everybody about the placement of them. And we had in our Discord following along, people putting the puzzle together in like a Photoshop. So that was really cool. So, and I believe they announced a fair number of new things is where I'll get Alara to start talking about. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to start with those? So the first thing that they announced, um, well, they had the art there that I think you could see, yeah, very briefly in one of those pictures, but they actually announced that on Saturday. So um, the next expansion is Alliance War. I don't remember if they said how many cards there be, but it's adding the rest of the tricolor decks. So there's... Um, yeah, right there you got the uh, different ones available. So the Guild Sworn, because the title is kind of confusing, is kind of based on the Mage's Guild and Fighter's Guild. Oh, like a combination? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yep, they're bringing that into the game. Um, so far they've announced two new keywords for the cards. Can you bring this up? I'm working on that. <laughs> so Empower and Mobilize. So Empower is um, one of the... Um, that's the one I believe the All Mary Dominion features, and then uh, Daggerfall Covenant is Mobilize. And so I'll just yeah let you see those images so I wanted to read them all. And those are the cards that they showed so far. I think those were all on stream. But um, there's a good, really good thread on Reddit where uh, they keep posting all the images as they're shown and um, listing a schedule of future reveals. I'm going to link that in the chat, and so you can just keep an eye on that if you miss any reveals. That's really awesome. Yeah, there's a ton of content for Legends, so that's going to be really cool. And there was a couple other announcements about the expansions coming up. Is that correct? So they yep. put out a roadmap, essentially. Um, before the event started, one of the developers got on Reddit and made a little bit of a comment saying, 
it's been a while for having new stuff, and I Love Madness didn't change up the way the game is played as much as we expected. And I can't talk about what's coming, but we're really dedicated to making it something impressive. Well, then, after they revealed the Alliance War expansion, they showed their roadmap, and essentially each quarter they're going to be doing a full card set expansion. So that does mean we won't get another single-player story as in-depth as what we had for Isle of Madness, but there is going to be a bunch of cards coming out this year. And they didn't really give any details besides saying full card sets. Uh, we know that the one that's coming in summer is going to have a playmat as well. The other ones just say further details coming later. But we were able to look at the sort of obscured pictures in the background and guess a little bit about what's coming. We think one of them might be related to elsewhere, the one coming in summer, because it looks like it's showing the picture of Rimmon. Did you it get the image of that um, pylon? I, I did not the... see the image of that. Okay, I'll see. throw it in the Yeah, we'll yeah, put it in the show notes the chat, and then, then we can... We think that, that we might see an Oblivion gate for the one coming up in fall. So just an expansion related to base game Oblivion. And then the last one is an already existing picture. I believe it's of Dramora Markinaz, a card that's already in the game. Just implying Daedra stuff of some sort. So there's going to be a whole lot of cards, which means there's the game is probably going to be changing yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, they won't be all necessarily 150 cards. Um, I was asking CVH about that, but they will be, you know, major expansions. Also, another note, um, well, related to the Alliance War, they currently have a pre-order available. It's about 50 US dollars. It gives you 50 packs, a legendary pack, an, a title Warmonger, and an animated pretty meme card back. Ooh. Um, and also another minor note then is... Um, Oh, yeah. Also, this is releasing April 15th. That um, is two Mondays from now. I know, that's yep. very two soon. weeks. Um, and in that update, they're also adding duplicate protection. So once you have a full playset for Uniques, you know, it's one card. For other ones, it's three cards. And it doesn't matter whether they're premium or not. Um, until you have playsets of um, a full playset of a card, you won't get... Uh, you won't or, get that. I'm phrasing that wrong. Yes. Yeah. So and, yeah. You will, after you have the full play set, then you'll get different ones. Yeah, and you, you won't get duplicates until you have all the ones in a set. So if you have full play sets of like all of the Heroes of Skyrim or all of Morrowind, then you'll start getting. Which is fantastic duplicates. because I remember I have opened Vivek three times. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, cool, this is some sweet gems now. And it's not really exciting for the player. So I can definitely understand why they'd be doing that. Mm -hmm. The one yeah. question that I had that I don't know if it was been clarified, is that only for legendary packs where you're getting a single legendary card? Or is that all. any card pack? Any card pack. Um, Even better. I don't know. The way they mentioned it was every card that I was reading, but maybe that was I was reading it secondhand from a, yeah, like I'll, a news article I'll look through the, referring um, to it. So. Yeah, Either I'll way. look through the thread on the uh, subreddit and see if that's answered sure. at all. Anyway, then the last... Um, Sorry, Laura, go ahead. Okay, yeah, the last minor note about Legends then is that uh, the last patch, 2.8, had introduced some issues with mobile. It was trying to, I guess, reload assets or something, but um, they put out a patch this week already that should fix that. Mm -hmm. And we might have some exciting news pending about the Alliance yep. War that you'll have to stay tuned next week to find out more about. Mm -hmm. Other news... That came out this week. That's kind of important. Is... So to cut you off oh, suddenly off. is after some finagling, I managed to set up a giveaway bot in our Discord that should be working as intended. 
just go to our Discord, which I just linked in the chat. I'm going to link it again for convenience. After that, there's a channel called Bot Commands. There, once you're there, just type in the command question mark rank giveaway. This will give you a special rank to join the uh, channel to where the giveaway bot is so that only people who are in the stream can see it. And then just click on the emote, the emoji, emote, emoticon, whatever you want to call it, that for the bot and you'll be entered it. The drawing is in an hour and I will contact whoever wins at that time. Yes, so if you want a chance to win, make sure you go to our Discord, which is linked in the chat there. So, and Baratron asked an important question in chat. Um, staff aren't eligible, are they? Uh, that's cheating. Okay. I joined it just so I can see everything. <laughs> I okay, so answering last question, um, I found the... Uh, thread about the duplicate protection and it they said anytime you have a chance to get a legendary the protection will be there so someone had asked about the rewards when you get three wins from playing ranked mm -hmm. so anywhere you can get a legendary well that's very nice even better mm -hmm. very cool however because of the streams that they did they gave out a free premium legendary card and I already did have Jube, but I got a premium Jube because of that. And if that was in place, I would not currently have premium Jube. So I am slightly glad that didn't happen until this next patch. Yeah, I had, I got premium Amalexia, which I'm happy about. <laughs> Very cool. So I think right now would be a good time to move over to the Scholarly Pursuits. It's at the sec second to the top of the list. Ah, uh, very cool. Okay, so we had a lot of things this week, and I'm sure you know a little bit. So we'll try to keep our scholarly pursuits to a minimum. Um, I already talked about mine quite a bit, but there's one thing we didn't really talk about too, too much, and it is this. It's finally here. Blades came out on uh, early access, so I have spent a large portion of my free time which isn't actually that much free time just playing through blades so we'll talk about it a lot more later in the show and i'm sure a lot of other people here have been playing it so that's basically all i have done other than finishing the elsewhere prequel quest which if you haven't do it go haven't done it go do it now it's really really fun in elder schools online it looks like it's going to be an awesome expansion so i'm super excited for that lost do you want to go on with what your scholarly pursuits were this week Sure. So I guess I'll go in the correct order. I had some phone issues and then I got a new phone because I had insurance to replace that phone. However, because I had made a miscalculation, I did not realize that my character on Skyrim oh. Pinball was bound to the device rather than to the cloud because my account and my scores are cloud but apparently the character was not. So upon getting the new phone and trying Skyrim Pinball again, my character is back to level one. That is so, excellent. Oh, will, I'm so sad. It I, will be a little longer before I ever get Dragonbone weapons or before I get to the uh, expert tier magic spells, and I'll just have to slowly get there. However, I like, 
Go ahead. I want them to just start adding expansions to the game just so you have to keep playing it. Like, like three years from now, I want to go like, oh, yeah, I just got to the, the Dark Abyss of Mayrun's Dagon, and I'm using the God-tier hammer, but I just can't get past the army of Avex in front of me. I mean, I'd be the one doing it if they did it. I think it's probably a standalone product. I don't think we're going to see Dragonborn Pinball anytime soon, unfortunately. We can dream, though. However, the fact that my phone was acting up um, was partly the motivation for me to go and get the new phone. But the real thing that spurred it on was the fact that my old phone could not run Blades, and so I decided it was finally time to contact insurance. And so now I have a phone that can run Blades. So I've also been playing that throughout the weekend. And I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Awesome. Baratron. Okay, I thought, I thought Alara just fell off her chair, but it's all right. She's back. <laughs> no. Um, she may have. Oh, <laughs> my apologies for sitting here yawning my head off. I am so tired after packs, seriously. Um, it must, it's a lot worse for you since you had to travel halfway across the world, basically. Yeah, well, I don't know. One quarter of the way across the world. Quarter of the world, maybe. Um, you know, it's an eight-hour flight. But anyway, so, yes, um, I have barely played uh, anything in the past week. In fact, I think I've played more ESO at the actual event than I have on my own computer. Um, UESP were proud to be the first ever guild to run Sunspire Trial. And we had 15 minutes playtime, so we managed to create a new level 50 CP were eight, ten characters. We formed a group. We got into the trial, and we killed five whole trash mobs. And I missed five. it because I was setting up my five. character, and I didn't realize you guys started. Oh, um, you didn't wait for Alara? <laughs> no, they didn't. So it was totally mean. no. Was listen, like, it was it was totally chaotic because we had those big headphones on. I mean, you, you saw in the the picture of of our the backs of our heads. Um, we have these huge headphones on, and no way to voice chat because, of course. Voice chat isn't built into the PC client. And yelling across the room apparently works less well than you might think. Um, also, our raid leader um, was only here until early on Saturday and he'd already gone home. And uh, certain people, not looking at anyone in particular, didn't remember to get food and potions out of the consumables boxes. Obviously, some of us do spend a lot more time on the, the PTS public test server than others do. Yeah. So, so I, we I had people... Done. And I got done creating my character, and I turn around to see if you guys are ready, and you're all standing up. I'm like, did you already do it? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, oh, um, yeah, Finn, Mike Finnegan, who's the who's the dungeon lead, has been ribbing us on on Twitter. <laughs> he put this like slow hand clap. He <laughs> won't follow us either. Video in there, huh? He, he does follow us. He did. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he he generally sees our stuff. I so, check yeah. it all the time, and I've never seen him follow us. Oh, well. And then if you're listening, I, follow I us like... to make AKB happy. <laughs> it won't make me happy. I think that he no, wants us to it. actually beat the dungeon. And then maybe. <laughs> Once the then maybe. Yeah. AKB, speaking of which, how has your scholarly pursuits been this week? My scholarly pursuits apparently is fixing things on the fly this week. Like... Uh, elsewhere giveaway, elsewhere coin giveaways. Exactly. Um, I don't. Re I kind of want to just sacrifice my time for this section, not because I don't actually. I didn't actually do stuff. I did do some stuff that I thought was super cool, 
but we have way have too much to talk to about. Through, yeah. Uh, Alara, we'll jump to you to finish up the scholarly pursuits, and then we're going to skip right over to the content. Yep, got a little bit more show and tell. So, uh, yeah, aside from the stuff I showed that they were they had at the event, um, I got this mouse pad. It was um, originally in one of the loot crates, and I found it for like three bucks on eBay. So, that's good deal there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Our Elder Scrolls T-shirt that they had um what was it like back in december they had a poll for it and it's finally shipped out so <gasps> mine should be coming today. i got the shipment notice that it was coming but it hasn't arrived yet so i'm very excited yeah, yeah just got mine today i, I also like that the way got... the wayfair bill says it cost five million dollars or whatever it was like the yeah. actual like invoice itself says like this shirt was five million dollars they're like i really hope they didn't make that a joke and then put it through customs like that because otherwise i'm oh, gonna boy. get screwed over oh man so much stuff i uh packs itself then so uh yeah these aren't eligible but i know lost will like it i've got uh rupee earrings and a uh legend of zelda sunshade for my car i do i like them both <laughs> and uh so of the Elder Scrolls stuff I actually got there, I got El Lanyard, it's Skyrim, and then I got this uh, female Dragonborn figure. And that's also Ooh. why I got the Sunshade, too. I was kind of you know, looking at this online, it's like, oh, do I want to spend that much on it? But then I got the Sunshade free with it at the Think Geek booth at PAX. So. Is that yeah, statue based off of the young Dragonborn card? Or is um, that just a separate it, statue? Um, I, it was, I think... I'm not sure which came first, but I don't think they have any. Okay. Uh, yeah, no relation. Because there's also like a, yeah, there's a Fallout uh, one with a female character too. So that's just kind of what they're doing. But yeah, I was really going to say, the really cool thing is that's actually the female Dragonborn. Yep. So, and she's, you know, nicely proportioned. Um, it's like a realistic uh, female warrior. <laughs> it's like a real person. Yeah, like a like a like a real athletic woman is, um, which you know, as a female person myself, is quite important. Not like the original Lara Croft. Well, she had three pixels, like three polygons. You got to give her a little yeah, bit of break. I, I know. I know. <laughs> awesome. And on that, I'm just going to pop over uh, yeah. right now and skip everything, and we're going to move. Oh yeah, into... and aside from that, aside from the show tell, so I did things. finally. Yeah, I finally did reach legend rank in Legends, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> I've been trying for so long. Congratulations <laughs> on it. that. That is something I imagine I will never be able to uh, share with you because I do not play enough to get up to the legend. How much gameplay did it actually take to get to legend? I'm not sure. Um, this deck I was using, um, basically it's the ALS Companions with some modifications. I turned it into a tricolor just so I could get the Edict of Azura and Piercing Javelin and the tricolor rally guy that I don't remember his name, but um, yeah. So that, you kind of just one tricked oh. it the whole way through with one deck and it worked. Oh yeah, yeah, that awesome. one deck like moved me way through the list a lot faster than anything else I tried. <laughs> so yeah, but it still took a lot of gameplay to get there. Yeah, I can imagine it did. So since we have so many things to talk about, I've moved right into our topic of the night, which is literally just all the things. There was so much content to go through. We had. So much to talk about that I just want to talk about everything. And we've got some videos we want to show too. So there'll be a lot of things going on right now. First off, let's talk about the Bethesda game days. We actually, this was our first chance for the public, I want to say. Not full public, but because there was mm -hmm. an event 
prior that was invite only that you could play elsewhere at. But this is the first time the public got a chance to play elsewhere. So given that our public consists of Baratron and Alara, do you guys want to give a little bit of a description of what happened in that you were able to play? And we know you did the Sunspire, but what else happened? So I got to go through the... Um through the tutorial, and then I just kind of tried to run through as much of the zone as I could. I did get a recording um, of me just kind of going through everything really, really quickly. Um, I still have to uh, get that uploaded, um, so I'm going to be doing that. It's pretty cool. You get to see different types of Khajiit, including the Alphie and the Sunstrat and uh, Doggy. And I think one of the guys said that like there's really tall ones are Pama. You see a Doggy? Yeah. How small are they? They I are short. Seen a picture of this. Um, they they look a lot like the um, playable character, just scaled down. Okay. And I think they have kind of narrower faces. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I have and not then seen I'll think we're adorable. But that's super exciting. Yeah. And they yeah, and then the one kind I think one of the guys said it was the um, Pamar. Um, they were yeah also similar to the playable character, but they're just really tall. Like I was playing an Altmer, and they were bigger than my character. Oh, so. Wow. They were the tall guys we saw in the trailer who were just, like, sitting down in the background, but they were taller than Khajiit standing up, right? Um, do you have an example there was, Yeah, there was one of the videos where it shows, like, uh, a Khajiit sitting down cross-legged, I believe. He's kneeling. Or he's kneeling, um, and he's much taller than the other Khajiit standing up. I don't know if um, I... Might be. I'll take a look at that game. But was he tiger-colored? Because they're supposed to be the tiger ones. Well, it was, I think, dark brown and, like, black stripes. I don't know if it was actually okay. Tiger or but At least one I remember seeing. I wonder cool. if all 16 are going to be depicted in this. Uh, not all of them. I, I did ask, but they did get a good handful. So oh. I think that's at least, like, yeah, the ones I mentioned. And then um, I did have one of our users ask me to ask them what the playable race is, and they believe it's Cafe. Not 100% sure, but they believe that's what it is. The, uh, it should be Suthe. Okay. <laughs> like I said, they weren't 100% sure, so who knows. I, but, I'm yeah. okay. If, if they, they want to do... change it to Cathay, I just want to say that I'm going to be extremely upset because there was this giant point where they went like, even though it doesn't make any sense, the Khajiit and Morrowind Oblivion Skyrim were all uh, Suthe Rot. Not... Not uh, Cathay and then Suthay Rot, because we had the Digitrate limbs in Morrowind, and then Oblivion Skyrim we didn't. So what the hell? If if we have Cathay and Table ESO, and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Any source that's mentioned what specific first stock you are. I don't think that's ever been stated in-game necessarily. But, there have probably right. been some illusions, ha they so they can right. probably keep picking Morrowind to it. Morrowind did say that the Khajiit you see in Morrowind were Cathayra. So they are the most... Oh, oh Cathayra? I want to say it, uh, they did a... Uh, when they did an interview about it, they said, no, they were all Suthayra. Uh, your girlfriend in that game, what's her name? Yes. Anasi? It's not a Nasi, is it? I thought it was Jobash or something. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, it was a Nasi. Okay. She, uh, they did an in-character interview with her, and she went like, these are uh, all the first stocks, basically. I'm a Suthayrod. I swear. 
I, I'm not going to look up this up We're going right to have now. to research yeah. that yeah. stuff later. We'll let you know back. next week. I, I found that moment in the uh, gameplay trailer that you were talking about. It's kind of in a building. It's where it shows the um, Elfie, and it's got the really big one uh, kneeling in the background. Yeah, that's one of the... Pabar. Uh, yeah, one of the kinds that we were talking about. Cool. So, so Beartron... Yeah, you have all different sizes there. <laughs> you mentioned last week, too, that you played the tutorial. What's something that you want to talk about? Do you want to mention what you got done through that tutorial? How you liked it? You said it was one of the best, but what made it awesome now that you can actually talk about it? So, okay. First of all, the tutorial has a really, really good story. Um, you actually feel like you're achieving something. You go right in and you're being taught how to do stuff, but you're also being introduced to the story in a really awesome way. Um, they have made quite a lot of effort to teach basic gameplay mechanics that you need for anything advanced, like, um, you know, how and when to block, um, how and when to interrupt, that sort of thing. The fact that, uh, you know, when you see the red lines coming off uh, an NPC that you're fighting, you need to interrupt them. Oh, so, that's really good. So it's it's basically that they're really working on teaching you the techniques that you need to be effective in Dungeons and Trials. Um, Do they mention animation canceling at all? Like kind of that like weaving aspect mm -hmm. in there? No. I don't think so. I didn't didn't see that there. Um, The, oh dear, I see. I don't don't want to give a spoiler, but (laughs) we do, we have the general idea of what the story of Elsewhere is. Yes. there are necromancers and dragons and you actually see these things in the tutorial themselves that's cool yeah yeah um and also it's beautiful i mean the environments are just so you know so so one thing i want to say is is you know as as we've gone through the various various worlds um cold harbor was all obviously very very physically dark uh, Somerset last year was almost too bright. Uh, it was almost lurid in places. Glowing, glowing yeah. yeah, and the, the colours of elsewhere are just gorgeous. They're just rich and warm, and the um, statues, the buildings, all of these things are really attractive. It, it, it looks like a real place. That's awesome. And uh, did they make it more, I guess you may not have known from the Mount, but... Orsinium was our first real look at kind of like a vertical uh, design for when they're designing cities, you design them mm. vertically in MMOs to make yep. them feel yep. like they're bigger. Is Rimmon more of a vertical city or is it more kind of spread out? Like uh, think more spread out it, you would see as different ones. Yeah. I think it was probably a little bit of the more spread out type. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which, cause I would, Thinking about it, it would make more sense given like the Khajiit style of architecture. You would expect it to be mm-hmm. more caravany spread out. So I was wondering yeah. if they would try to make it like, feel more grand by making it tall. But yeah, I think there's a moment in the um, in the gameplay trailer where you can see a centrat like in a pool. I believe that that's in Rimen. It is. Oh. Yes, I walked around Rimen. It's not actually a terribly big city. Um, I did a quest, um, one of those quests where the Khajiit has a terrifying dog and uh, <laughs> the dog has escaped and you have to try and rescue rescue the dog. Um, and so I did go all around Rimen and it's not the largest of cities, but did it is... Did you see any uh, Akaviri in it? Okay, mm-hmm. so this is something which is going to be 
uh, covered in our interview with Rich Lambert, and no. There are no living Akaviri. Interesting. It's a big, big news there. Um, speaking of which, do we want to go over the uh, interview with Rich now and move to that video, or do you want to save that for the end after we've done all the discussions? I'll leave it to the panel to decide where we place that. I think it would make more sense. How long is the video? We have about about 15 minutes. Okay, uh, before we go into that, though, could uh, we give another quick mention of the giveaway? Sure, yeah. I I just posted it in chat again, but if you want, check chat. I'll post the instructions on how to do it now. If you want to win one of the physical Elsewhere coins, make sure to follow the instructions in chat right now. It's only available for the next for 35 minutes so make sure you get in there and make sure that you are also comfortable sharing your shipping address with uh the administration of uesp so that we can actually send out the coin to you so follow the instructions in chat and you should be good to go so given that maybe we'll move over and go through the interview i think that'd be a good time to do that we'll come back and we'll discuss some of the other things we saw at pax do you have the uh the photo uh, we will, if we're watching the video, we can't really do both. Oh, no, I mean before, before we start. Um, let me check here. There we go. Is this the photo you were talking about here? Um, no, we just went back. Hold on. No, that's the game days one. Okay, is there... It's the photo with Cry Havoc and me and Rich Lambert and Amir. Oh, right, yes, I can add that back in. Hold on one second. While we do that, I will leave this up so we can look at it. It's missing from action. I had it here and I've lost it. Either way, we can explain what happened in it because I can't seem to find it right now. Um, We had Baratron, Cry Havoc, and who else was there? Uh, Amira, who's uh, another one of the uh, wiki patrollers. Awesome. They went to a special event in London and had a full interview with Rich Lambert. So on that note, we will pass off and play the video. So I hope you guys enjoy. You won't be able to hear us during the video, so we'll let it play for a little bit so that we're not talking over Rich for the entire time. So enjoy the video. Greetings, adventurers. We are the UESP and we are at the Elsewhere Preview event in London. My name is Cry Havoc and I'm joined today by Baritron and Parisi, better known as Amira. Excellent. And we are joined today by Rich Lambert, Creative Director at Zenimax Online Studios. Rich, just to start off quickly, could you tell us a bit about your role at Zenimax and what you do with the Elder Scrolls Online? So as the creative director, I'm pretty much responsible for all the things that are Elder Scrolls Online. So I have to work with the various teams to make sure uh, all the content goes into the game, all the systems go into the game, uh, and make sure that all of that uh, fits within the lore and and the world. Awesome. So, Baratron, did you want to start off with our first question? So, first of all, we've got a set of questions about Elsewhere, the chapter. The first one being, why did you choose to do two Old Mary Dominion chapters in a row? Why did we choose? So, when we're developing content and coming up with ideas, we don't really look at it as an Alliance 
thing. We look at it as where can we tell interesting stories? And so that's that's what we focus more on is, is telling interesting stories. And if it happens to be in Old Mary Dominion Zones or Ebonheart Pact or Daggerfall Covenant, The chapter will only include the northern half of the province, yes. Cool. <laughs> Next question. How big is the city of women compared to some of the other cities in ESO? Compared to the other cities, so I would say it's pretty equivalent to something like Eleanor. Okay. It is it is a big city. It is the city that is the focal point of not only Euraxia Tharn and her, her invasion, um, but also for the northern section of, of elsewhere. Cool. Will there be... Uh, now, I have to ask this because the guy actually showed up in our podcast last night. Are you asking my questions? Okay. Will there be Akaviri or Seichi in Rimen? Are there... Mm, no. What was the most difficult part of designing the Elsewhere region? The most difficult part of designing Elsewhere? Um, I don't know that there was anything overtly difficult about it. Um, we've gotten pretty good at being able to take lore and uh, things out of the other games and build our own world. <laughs> But I will say that Dragons is infinitely more difficult than building elsewhere. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, will we see other new Khajiit forms or first stocks in elsewhere besides the Alfiq and Sentrat? Maybe. <laughs> well, the next question leads on from that because it's if not directly shown in elsewhere. Will there be hints by law books or dialogues regarding other issues? Absolutely. Yep. And there might even be statues. Ooh, very intriguing. Now, the big one, which I think everyone's going to wait for. Definitely. Will Mayik the Lion finally make an appearance in his home province? Uh, he might show up, but remember, it's Mike, and you can't actually trust what he says. It's almost like he's a liar. Uh, indeed. <laughs> Okay, and next question. Uh, so elsewhere we'll obviously introduce the Necromancer class, which is great for new characters. Uh, but what can some of our more uh, veteran players with pre-existing characters, uh, what new gameplay features can they sort of look forward to? For them, the challenge is going to be dragons. Yeah. How they interact with the world, how you deal with them. Dragons in our timeline are very different than ones in Skyrim. You know, you're not the Dovahkiin, you don't have that tool set, so it's going to be a challenge for you. Cool. I was playing the tutorial just before we met, and I've got to say, it's, it's a good one. Um, now, some players do feel that your characters start in life as part of their role And with that in mind, are we ever going to get an opportunity to select which tutorial? We've been asked that question a lot. It is something that we have talked about internally. Um, one of the issues, and maybe this is just an us issue versus player issue, is uh, some of our older tutorials aren't as good as the newer ones and we always want to start players off in the best possible uh, with the best possible tools as, po as we can and so you played the new one you already know it's better than the previous ones and so we always want to put that best foot forward yes i'm i'm a big fan of the vardenfeld tutorial 
and this one looks looks like it's uh, because it actually teaches you combat. Right. Um, I wasn't such a big fan of the Somerset tutorial. Mm -hmm. um, they're all better than the original, obviously. <laughs> This is under Crown Store stuff. Will the collector's pre-order mount really be able to attack? Will it be able to attack? I assume this was something in the... Oh, that's the tooltip issue that we goofed on and you could read into it. No, it's not a combat <laughs> mount. <laughs> I thought we talked about that and said we would update the tooltip, but if we haven't, then we will make sure we clarify that. Uh, so can we expect some Khajiit-oriented skins in the upcoming uh, Crown Quake, uh, the Bandari season, I believe it is, uh, similar to the Deadwater and White Throat skins in the Zanme season? You know, I don't actually know the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look at. Are they called Bandari Headland Quake, so you'd like to hope so? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't actually know that. That's a good question. I should probably know that. <laughs> um, I'd like to ask you a question actually about the presentation where you were talking about the um, ability to purchase um, sky, sky shards. Because I was starting a brand new character on the EU server yesterday and spent eight hours going around. Um, will that be for crowns? Or yeah, it'll be crowns. Do you have any idea? No idea how much it'll cost. Um, but it will be something that we're going to test with this to see how players react. I think it will be very definitely. Will it, so, uh, obviously the amount will be based on, on how many sky shards you wish to purchase. Yeah, so the, think of it more in, in terms of there's the Cyrodiil sky shard um, achievement, there's the you know Somerset one, there's all the base game ones. Think of it more as the you're almost purchasing that achievement on that character, so you get all of the sky shards as well, kind of thing. Certainly purchasing Cyrodiil will save a lot of money. <laughs> Especially if you've, got, if you've got one character who's got, who's got uh, the ones behind the gates. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, uh, since Clockwork City, we've been wondering when the Reparable Committee, I've seen in the gear drop from the Asylum Sanatorium, the old factotum uh, models and whatnot, will mm -hmm. be released for crafters. Will it be soon? That's another one that I don't know the answer to because they have a schedule and I'm not sure what that schedule is. It um, seems to have been forgotten. I can I can ask about it for sure. That'd be lovely. Okay. Somebody on the uh, Discord server is very fond of that. They want it. Very okay. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some questions here, more about uh, your. role as a game developer it seems like we've got some uh, uh, aspirants for the game industry okay. in our discord uh, so they just wanted to know what does a, dip, a typical work day for you look like Oof. so it changes all the time so normally uh, I get in around 8 o'clock in the morning I get about an hour on my own to catch up from all the other things that I do all day and then it's normally meetings for the rest of the day so sitting with the various teams talking about a specific feature or a problem you know and that's the bulk of it uh, some days there are different problems some days it's dealing with marketing and PR to talk about you know in a, a show we're gonna go to or to talk about other things uh, sometimes it's what are we doing next year and like we're already working on next year stuff now um, so it's it's constantly changing and evolving 
obviously that's because you've you've progressed to the role of, of creative director. Um, how has that? I'm just making this question up. But how has that changed over time? I mean, obviously. How has my role changed over time? How, the, the amount of time you spend at your desk compared to in meetings. Uh, it's definitely gotten worse as I've kind of progressed on the ranks. You know, when I originally started, I was a producer. And so I was focused on doing a lot of scheduling and, and things like that. But I quickly transi transitioned um, into the lead dungeon designer. And so I actually had a hand in building the tools and building the, the dungeons that we had. The first dungeon I ever built was Vaults of Madness. Um, I didn't realize you'd done that uh, before. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I got to spend a lot more time hands-on in the game doing things. And now I'm a little bit more removed in that, and it's more review and direction and course correction than actual building of things. Thoughts of Madness is actually not people's favorite base game. It's, it's one of mine. I mean, it's seen significant revisions since I originally built it, but a lot of the core concepts <laughs> and the, the art style and visuals, like all of that stuff is still the same, which is really cool. I played with somebody once who, you know when there's the big, the big, big jump? Yeah. Didn't realize that he was supposed to just fall in. He was trying to land on the platforms. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I might be wrong here, but I think I remember hearing once that you worked on uh, Oblivion. I did. Yep, I was a producer yeah. on Oblivion. Oh, it's one of my all-time favorite games. All it's the first Elder Scrolls game I got yeah, to I am. Uh, this is my 14th year at ZeniMax Online slash Bethesda Game Studios. Yes, so. I saw you were uh, writing on your Twitter fairly recently about it. Was it? Did you say it was your 24th? 24 years making video games, yes. <laughs> I've seen these great, uh, like, they get like these trophies as well, don't you? They're like, yes, a five year and a 10 year, and next year I'll get my 15 year, which is really cool. So, what are the biggest issues you face on a regular basis as lead? Wow. Um, on a regular basis. I think the, the biggest things are center around performance you know that's something that you know a lot of players think oh they don't care about performance but that's really our number one goal um, is to resolve that and get that fixed uh, it's hard if there was a make performance better button you know turn leg off button we would totally hit that button already um, but I'd say that's probably the biggest one and then outside of that is just we have so many teams and so much stuff going on um, trying to keep that coordinated and all working towards the same thing um, is, is a huge huge task is it very difficult sorry, is it very difficult trying to ba um, balance all the different um, desires and parts from players yep yeah that is that is extremely difficult so do you when you create a chapter do you generally have a sort of blueprint for what you want in that chapter like trial you want a new mechanism of yeah we, we try to have a little bit of something for every type of player so for the solo players for the pvp based player for the veteran group oriented players um, for the crafters like we want to have something for everybody because our player base is so diverse they all like to do a little bit of everything and so that kind of scratches that itch for everybody it's a bit like jumping yeah okay okay uh I might do the uh, rough stone. Do the raw question. Yeah. So, uh, thinking back to the previous DLC now, uh, did the raw team get inspiration for the rough stone from the Elder Scrolls arena? 
Oh, wow. Because I know that there was a reference. I have the reference here, actually. I have it in front of me, which is um, in Corinth. Uh, the Boremaster of the Mages Guild in Corinth uh, wanted a stone tablet, which was sacred. Um, they found the tablet amongst ruins. Uh, the key to ciphering part of the Elder Scrolls Park shows the location of the Crucial Dukes. Can I just smile? Does that give it away? <laughs> no comment. Um, no, I mean, that's that's one of the things that the team's really good at doing, is yeah. going in and finding those obscure references uh, and, you know, taking them out and putting them in and showing the players the cool things. So I think that that's something that we do exceptionally well. Absolutely. Base game that can take inspired by previous games. Mm -hmm. Celine, for example, to change things. Something that hasn't been seen in Elder Scrolls or mentioned in decades, essentially. Yep. It's phenomenal, creating very diverse, very and There is a reason why we have a lore master position. Yeah. Trying to sift through 25 years worth of lore is incredible. Well, you know, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, definitely. Of course, there's always the UESP to look at. Yep. <laughs> Didn't get it right. <laughs> That's the beauty of the lore. It's told from multiple angles. Yeah. Okay, All thank right you then. very much for your time. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Richard. Thank it's you. Been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, so that was a fun experience, I think, for everybody there. Uh, Beartron and team did a great job. We'll try to get some more interviews in the future. I think we could keep pulling those out, and I think they'd be awesome. And I think you guys can ask some really good questions. So whenever we have them up, we always make sure to post in the Discord. Um, opportunity for people to ask questions of us to pass on to the developers. So if you ever have any questions, just let us know. So Obviously, we're still learning. Um, like, this is only our 11th podcast. Yeah. Um, and that's the first video, that's the first interview we've ever done that we recorded. And it's sort of obvious now, looking at it now, you guys weren't there. Um, we had the worst furniture to work with. None of us fell over and hurt ourselves. But um, I, had, I had a fancy camera. And the table was so low that we couldn't put the, the mini tripod on the table. I ended up having to use it. It was one of these mini tripods that's got what's called bendy legs. Um, and I had to use the bendy legs and wrap it around the top of the chair. And that's why it's only pointing at Rich, uh, because there was no way to rotate it to show the rest of us without it wobbling. So uh, it does look a little bit artificial. It looks like Rich is on the spot and he's just sitting there <laughs> very, very still yeah. waiting for the next question but he is a great guy um he uh you know at pax as well um he and matt they really these guys love uesp and so they will talk to us answer our questions put up with us um and they're great people yeah some of the uh, some of the rather obscure questions we do need to ask um <laughs> we'll move on yeah Lehman, we'll try to get Lehman Lehman. Which we also yeah. found out it's Lehman Tuttle. So yeah, now Lehman, we know I asked that. Them to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's he... kind of funny. I told the, I was talking to them about how we had people asking us questions and said, well, um, you know, this one person sent a whole list. That I think we'll probably have to go to Lehman. And they said, was it Enodak? <laughs> so, nice shout out there. to one of our administrators there. Yep. So outside of the interviews, the other probably biggest news of this week is the Elder Scrolls Blades was released in early access. Um, I think the only person I don't know, Baratron, have you had a chance to play it with your crazy travels this week? Have you got it installed or? 
I haven't attempted to install it on my on my own phone, but I did play it for ooh, I don't know about twenty minutes at the Bethesda game day. Might have been longer. Yeah. And I they so they had the phones. Oh, I don't have a phone here, but they had the phones in uh, landscape mode. Landscape, oh, landscape, and they were fixed, so you didn't get the opportunity to try it in the one in the one-handed mode. Um, but <laughs> Dave had to show me how the little um, where on, the, on the screen find the little joysticks because they don't appear. You're using like imaginary joysticks. Um, I mean, once you've hit the right spot, then they appear. But before that, they don't. And so you're like going, okay, where's the joystick? Where's the joystick? And I tried the uh, you know the thing where you click to walk to a location, and my character kept crashing into walls. <laughs> and uh, Theo. I think it was said, or maybe it was Shifty. One, one of them said, "That's because you keep uh, clicking on the wall." And I'm like, I'm "Not trying to click on the wall. I'm trying to click on the floor." And I found I went, most people, it's it's a good solid like ten minutes of trying to figure out the controls and getting used to them because it's like it felt for me like that first time when you have a friend that's never played a console game before and you hand them a controller <laughs> and they spend the first five minutes spinning around looking at the circle on the ground and like nobody knows how to move properly <laughs> getting used to the click to move was like that for me as well where i was like clicking and like getting trapped in a weird corner and then trying to fight and turn around and like swipe swipe <laughs> so i can see everything so it was, it was about five to ten minutes for me to really get a handle on it um and then i tried moving it into the landscape mode and using the joystick so i started just doing portrait and just tapping and getting stuck and i found for me personally i really like landscape mode when i'm in town or in like an open area but then i really like portrait mode when i'm in the like narrow corridor dungeons so i kind of found myself flipping back and forth yeah, I think I usually play it in portrait mode. And I actually found it was better to invert the um, X and Y axis as far as when you're uh, trying to drag the screen. It just, I don't know, made it easier for me. But yeah, actually in the portrait mode, those little joysticks don't appear. It's just invisible. So, yeah. Yeah, lost. they only work when you're in landscape. Lost, how about you? Lost, what, lost, lost, we've lost you. Uh, what have your kind of initial <laughs> thoughts been about the game? I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I think in most of the conversations I've had, people have realized that it has gone beyond probably what most of us expected. Yeah. The actual combat, it's one-on-one -on -one in almost any situation that you're fighting something. And there's enough nuance to it that it's not just a cakewalk. You actually feel like you're getting some stuff down. You're getting good at timing swipes and blocks and special abilities. And that's enough to have fun. Uh, Controls-wise, maybe I'm a prodigy, but I haven't had a problem with either side, except if I'm using, well, really, either mode I'm in. When I try to pick up frost or fire salts on the ground, sometimes I'll run into a wall headfirst instead of picking them up. That is the only time I've had movement issues. It's yeah. very annoying when I do, though. Yeah, Yeah, it annoys me sometimes when you tap on a vase to break it, and you walk up to the vase and tap, and then it drops the stuff right under you. And you can't yeah, pick it and up. you're trying to like spin around, so you have to move away. And yeah, yeah, they so should add like an auto loot option. That. Playing it too, mostly in landscape, because the game just looks a lot better that way. Uh, the the thing I've, I mean, I haven't been the biggest fan of the actual gameplay, but it is super pretty and it does sound really nice. Like oh, it, it has beautiful phenomenal. music. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they didn't talk about that more. To be honest, like. 
it has a nice little soundtrack to it, and it just came out with it, and I don't think they're going to re-release it anywhere. Another thing that I think has impressed me and a few other people in Discord is that the story, while it's very small scale thus far, we've found more to it. Like, it's a little more nuanced than we expected to happen. Yeah. There are plenty of just side, they're called jobs, which are just very short, randomly generated dungeons that don't really have much to them. But the actual story going on has been enticing, and I've enjoyed going through it, learning more. We've had a lot of fun arguing about where the game's actually <laughs> set, because they never make it explicit, but there have been so many clues that rule things out yeah. that I think the only answer you can really still have and not say it's been disproved is that it's somewhere in Cyrodiil, but it's out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's... So, it's I, my theory on that one, too, is they probably just, as, as I've mentioned a number of times, they wanted the ability for you to create your own town, but they didn't want anybody to be able to create in a canon lore Poop Lover's Paradise, their city name, that they then had to discuss. Well, it's like, well, in my game, Poop Lover's Paradise was a city, so therefore it is now real because the things the players do are canon. So I think by them giving it a nondescript location kind of saves from that. And they block certain town names. Like if you, I've seen uh, images, you can't your, name your town Oblivion. And you can't name your t- town Todd Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what variations of Todd Howard we can get. And what's sort speaking, of interesting... I'm sorry, go ahead, Bear John. I was going to say, speaking of Todd Howard, he did tell us uh, in the interview, he did tell us a little about the, the motivation behind Blades, that um, Arena was in, originally intended as, as a dungeon crawler-type game, and that's what they wanted to go back to. Um you will you will hear more about that, I'm sure, when the interview is posted. And something I just thought of right now, the fact that you can change your character name whatever, right? By going and talking to Theodore Gorlash. Mm-hmm. Can you change your name? Also had, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, like you can. Not, you can't change the name of your town, however. No. And what I just thought of is the fact that the PvP is not out yet, but it's something they're going to be adding there's probably going to be prestige of the warrior from town coming to the arena and fighting. And so it'll probably have just a tiny bit of influence from back in the arena days when every town had its own gladiator team. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. That's probably a little bit what they're playing off of with that. Yeah, they talked about that in the 25 Years of Elder Scrolls panel, that, that exact uh, reference. Awesome. Why is AKB throwing all the carrots on the ground? <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure what AKB's doing. Don't pay him attention. It just encourages him. Yeah, we've learned that. We've learned uh, to just ignore the temper <laughs> tantrums that AKB throws in Skyrim. Uh, just moving on. So we've talked about what we love. What are the things that we don't love so far from? I have Blades? a lot to talk about here. Okay, and AKB, you get us started. That's why he's throwing the, food out of the, the pantry. <laughs> No, I'm throwing it around because no one's going to stop me. <laughs> so, the monetization, I understand games have to make money, but this is something that gamers are just, it's a losing battle the more and more we don't say anything. Like, back in the day, people went like, uh, oh, horse armor. This was the worst thing ever. Everyone freaked out about this. 
And at the same time, other games were getting away with like, oh, here's a weapon scan for like five bucks. And for that's when like, yeah, we'll do that because they're getting away with it, right? So we didn't let Bethesda get away with it, and they didn't try it again for uh, Oblivion. When Skyrim no. came around, the same, oh. uh, same thing. We didn't let them get away with it. But now we've been losing this battle with the games industry for so long that people are going like, uh, I understand that like I need to pay $90 to build my t- town in a speedy way for a phone game. And it's just, it's just gotten insane what people have reached the point of tolerating. So I would like to counter that with a alternative viewpoint on that. It's we've moved in ways where monetization in games is, I would agree, not ideal. Um, microtransactions are the kind of like the steady force in mobile games. But the counter to that is the market has pushed it also to be that way. It isn't even just a matter of, oh, they can make more money if they do that. It's when games originally came out for mobile phones, they tried to make full game experiences and charge $10, $20, and everybody came out and said, no, I am not willing to pay that for a mobile game. Yeah. It's something on my phone. If it costs more than a cup of coffee, I'm never going to play it. And so, even if it was... I, I think it was literally, if the game cost anything, the sales dropped by, like, 60%. Yeah, if you cost, and if you charge anything, and then, like, if we talk about, like, a like if you look at the quality of game that Blades is from a, even a graphical perspective outside of the monetization, that would be an expensive game to make. It wouldn't be cheap. They've got it running on mobile platforms. It would require tons of optimization. There's no way they can release that game for $5.00 with the amount of market that they would end up getting from it. So we've reached this really interesting point in the industry where people are refusing, they say, I refuse to pay microtransactions for this game. And I also refuse to pay any upfront value for this game. It's the developers are at a point where it's like, well, either everything is free or what do we do? So it's not as simple of a, like, we're letting, like, I would say, like, the industry is taking advantage of people by charging a lot of the game, charging for games like this and adding those microtransactions, because as well, games are more expensive to run now. It's not just a simple, you buy that CD and that's that game forever. People expect patches, people expect balance updates, people expect new content every X months. So there's a lot more expectations out of games, but we also haven't really countered that with okay, then a game should cost us $130 if we're looking at how much different it is between what we expected a long time ago and what we expect now. To be fair, I still don't actually need... Like, I find that, like, a lot of the AAA games these days, I just don't care about. Like, uh, the games that I've mostly cared about that I've completed and think about a lot usually cost, like, $20 now. Yeah. One thing I, I noticed, I mean, I, I didn't play any kind of tutorial. I went to the game station where Blades was, and it was in the middle of, of a dungeon where somebody else had, had given up and wandered off. And I found that in the time I played, I got um, loads and loads of gold, which obviously is the in-game currency, and then several of the purple crystals, I mean, which which, which must be the premium currency. Green crystals. Uh, Green yeah. gems. 
yeah. So I did. I did get uh, a few of those in the time that I was playing. That is something. That is something to its credit. You do actually get the uh, the actual currency, currency item as an actual game drop that almost yep. no major phone game still does. Yeah, and I thought, okay, because um, I, I looked at the the name change and that cost. I don't know, so many of, of the gems. Like 50, I believe? Um, 50 gems? Something like that. Uh, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, but I thought, okay, so this is this is using premium currency, but at least there is a way in-game to get the premium currency. And that, that I was quite pleased with. So we'll have to see. I really didn't play it for, for long enough. <laughs> I think I would have done much better had I actually started at the beginning with a tutorial. I think that some people have started debating now whether the game counts as pay to win or not and i think it's definitely in a position uh, where before we continue yeah uh can we give one more quick shout out to the giveaway you we have two minutes left okay so before we continue on on lost pay to win conversation if you want <laughs> your chance to win a to pay to win a elsewhere coin see that segue there Make sure you follow the instructions I just posted in chat. Go to the Discord, type in the commands listed there, and do as follows, and you'll be entered for a chance to win an Elsewhere coin giveaway, uh, an actual version of it. So on that note, lost. Speaking of pay to win. Well, in this, it's no purchase necessary. You just have to go to our Discord, and you can leave shortly afterwards. But you anyway. with your time. People have started arguing whether the game counts as pay to win or not. And it's definitely of the ilk where if you're willing to spend cash, you're going to get through it faster. Like you're going to be able to more easily or more quickly yep. get the resources to build your town. Um, there's some gear you can get that, to my understanding, normal gear will eventually outclass. So it's in this slightly gray area where people that just don't like it are going to say pay to win to be turned off. Some people aren't going to mind. And that's legitimate to have a different opinion on that thing. Thus far, I haven't felt too bad about it. I've spent a little bit of money because I had Google Opinion Awards stocked up <laughs> just to buy the starter pack. Um, so therefore, I've got two copies of the fancy gear that they gave out, Same which is kind of cool. And I can't get I, rid of them. I have them both still in my inventory, and it's like I intend to, me to, to get temper rid of both of them and enchant both of them with separate enchantments someday <laughs> once I get there. But overall, I found that the progress level is all right. I It hasn't bothered me. I kind of wish I didn't buy the gems just because I would have wanted to see a little bit more of a pure experience of no microtransactions. And then just using the gems I do collect to get things. Like I bought um, Nernroot because there was a decoration for yeah. Nernroot. And I wanted the, the characteristic chime going on whenever I was near my alchemist. So I added that on. Does it make and, the chime? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, it that's epic. Why share it. It's really good. I didn't know that before I got it, but I hoped it would. <laughs> so I just got an alert on my phone, which references my most frustrating part I have with Blade so far. There is, it is my complaint as well. There is one. I, I'm very happy with the game overall. My one complaint, though, is these bloody silver chests. You gain silver chests at a, a decent rate, and they have they contain decent amount of uh, rewards. You can get some premium uh, 
construction so, materials with them. You get so some real good quick, gear with chests them. in general, yes. you can just find them while you're exploring dungeons, but the chests you find in dungeons are locked. And so you have to, one at a time, you pick a chest to start unlocking. Wooden chests, which just have a small amount of basic stuff, only take five seconds. So it's really, yep. really fast. And then the higher the rarity of the chest, the longer it takes. Um, gold chests take six hours, which is the perfect kind of chest to put in before you go to bed. Yeah. But silver chests, which are quite common, take three hours. And that's what Pylon is getting ready to talk about. Yeah. So the way it happens right now is you gain silver chests at a rate that is faster than you can open them. Because if you look at like an average day, you have really, you can open five silver chests in a day if you're doing it like on the three hour mark going through and making sure you're very adamant about it five maybe six if you don't like sleep you, within about an hour of gameplay maybe not even an hour probably about 20 minutes of gameplay i can easily find 10 silver chests from doing jobs or the abyss which is like the endless dungeon uh mode that they have or doing any of the quests so you're gaining them at a much faster rate than you can open them which then, if you want to play the game most optimally, you have to not play while you're opening a silver chest. Which is very unfortunate, because what happens is, is you have a max number of chests, and you can buy greater inventory space up to a certain point. But if you are at the max inventory, you can't grab new chests. So you'll have a lot of problems if you're trying to go through, and you just start seeing silver chests and getting discouraged from playing. And here's the rub with it. Go ahead, Alara. You can't toss out the uh, chest that you don't want either. Well, this is all stuff to feedback. I mean, the game was in open beta for, uh, sorry, closed beta for for about two weeks. And And now it's in. And they only had about what? It was like a maximum of 10,000 people. So, you know, my, we can't say this is the final version by any... For sure. Any, the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%, yeah. They're definitely... I think it's it's unlikely that they would keep the game with the silver chest method in place as is. I think it's an unintentional of... It's like, oh, yeah, people are gathering them at a faster rate than we want them to or whatever. But if they changed the timing to an hour, I would be 100% okay with it. I think that would make... So- the rub with it as as it is, is one, you're getting them too fast. And then the second thing is that if you want to open a chest and you don't want to wait for the timer, you're allowed to use gems to speed yeah. it up. Mm. But the real issue is that while the silver ones are sort of the bread and butter of the resources you're taking in to build up your town, no silver chest is interesting enough yeah. to want to spend the 36 gems to pop it open. And so... Can I add another point to yeah. the chest debacle besides the silver chest thing? Wooden chests take five seconds to open, and that's entirely pointless. It's You can pay a gem if you really want to to open it immediately, but why would you? It's five seconds. My other very minor gripe is that there's, There's no, no confirm message to spend gems. Yeah. And so one time I tapped cha- on a wooden one, <laughs> but I thought it didn't register. I went to hit it again, yeah. and I spent one gem. I've done that two or three times, and I think yeah. I did it for a silver chest one time. They and have gem I'm confirmation sure that's the elsewhere. reason they did it this way. I honestly think they probably did it that way for that reason. But 
considering the actual length of time, Winchester just open. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, yeah. I could see a, a value of having a slight delay on them. Um, I'd have to... Animation. Yeah, like, it's just to prevent people just power throughing the, powering through them, too. Like, it does add a little bit of a slowdown to, like, kind of increase the loop. But I agree, the confirmation needs to be added to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've added the confirmation it. everywhere else that you can spend gems. Like, if you do anything from the store, it says, do you want to spend this amount? Or if you want to um, buy any of the, like, speed-ups, it does do a confirmation there. So it's just in the chest that it doesn't really do the confirmations. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, Harry Potter game. I did the, uh, oh. the same thing there. Is you can use the gems in that game to buy more time. And originally they didn't have a confirmation message, and I tapped it and it just spent. But then in that game they added it and made the button unclickable for a few seconds. So if they did a similar thing in this game, that would just be awesome. Even yeah, even up the time to ten seconds. And make it because if you made it, if you gave a confirmation, you would last up like it would last the five seconds just trying to get the confirmation button hit, probably, which would probably negate the purpose of it there. So, that's all stuff we can feedback totally. And that's why we're talking about it right now because exactly. I really like playing the game. I think the actual gameplay itself is phenomenal for a mobile game. Um, if you're going in expecting a full Elder Scrolls game on your phone, I think you'll be a little bit disappointed, but I don't think any of us were. And personally for me, it's, I had, I was hesitant to get really excited about the game. Um, I'm 100% the target demographic for it. I'm like the, I have less time to play at a computer than I used to, but I have more time to just like to spend 15 minutes on my phone doing some inventory management the other fun stuff in the game so i'm really excited about it that way um but yeah the silver chest is what's make is the only thing holding me back from probably just going like full hog into the game but i'd give it about a four out of five stars at the current it's a lot better than i expected it would be i think i agree with both of those i was not pessimistic I, yeah. I guess I'm just a cheerful, ready-to-assume-things-will-be-good guy in general. But <laughs> it, it it has a little bit surpassed what my expectations were. It's still not a full Elder Scrolls game, but it's a fun little dungeon game. I can play absolutely anywhere because my phone fits in my pocket slightly better than my Switch. And it's in the Elder Scrolls world, which I always enjoy. And it's got a story, too. It's not just simple, you know, do this randomly generated thing. Well, I mean, there is that too, but yeah, more than that. It feels I found the like giveaway bot. <laughs> I just found the Streamlabs giveaway bot. There it is. <laughs> After all that, they uh, hit it in recent because they, they just did an overhaul on the UI and they hit it in recent events. Never would well, have guessed it was there. So for the next time when we have a coin or other swag giveaway, we'll be able to actually do it on Twitch. So. Awesome. Well, so does, that's as good a point to end on as any, probably. That's what I was thinking. If Does anybody else have any points they wanted to make about Blades before we sign off for the night? Just I don't like having to kill bears. <laughs> I went uh, through this They're soulless killing machines. We just have to do I it. Was, I got further and further through, through it. And, you know, so I was, I don't know, there was goblins and then there were, then there were wolves. And then there was this bear, right? And when you go up and... Uh, 
when the enemies are low on health, they do a kind of block. And with the bear, the bear picked up his, his paw and like covered his face with his paw. And I was like almost crying. I did not want to kill that bear. I and turned I was... a corner in a dungeon and suddenly a humongous bear was mauling me. I had no pity. <laughs> I almost died. It was I terrible. I like bears. I didn't oh. like that bear. <laughs> my, my last point is that I just want to figure out what happened with this development cycle. Because... I think we all went like, oh, Blades, yeah, that's just going to be out like any day after uh, E3 last year. And a year later, we're, we're, uh, we just got it, and it's like, what happened? Well, yeah. similar thing happened with Legends. That was over a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, it happened with Legends, too. And, and these seemed like they were supposed to be the small projects that they had in between their blockbuster ones. And now it's just like, they have the worst schedule slip for the smallest projects. I'm just, and I know that they uh, made that documentary about uh, Blade's development. And when that comes out, I really yeah. want to see what exactly went down mm. here. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get that. So, are we going to have um, I'm eating paper on stream? Yes. So, <laughs> coming up in about two weeks, we made a bet that one of the members of our discord he said explicitly if the game was not in high rock he would come on stream and eat four sheets of printer paper we have realized that no one actually wants to watch that happen but <laughs> we will have ohm on to talk about this and to talk about a few other things about blades and lore and things like that on april 15th uh, next week, we also will have a special show where we're going to be doing an interview with the creator of the unofficial Elder Scrolls tabletop RPG. So he's going to be coming on and talking about what that process was of building that, kind of teach us some a little bit about the game itself. So we think that'll be a lot of fun. So make sure to tune in next week for that. And then in two weeks, we'll have that. And somewhere in the middle there, we will have a special surprise related to Legends. The surprise related to the tabletop uh the unofficial Elder Scrolls tabletop game is we're just giving him a cease and desist letter. <laughs> He's Surprise! Joking. Surprise! We're doing it on. We're doing it live. You'll learn that AKB thinks every day is April Fools. <laughs> it's not. So on that note, I think it's a good plate to sign off for the night. So on behalf of Baratron, Alara, AKB, and Lost in Hyrule, I want to wish everybody some fantastic adventures in Nern and hope that you all take care. Bye. Bye.